0: Welcome to Radio Plasma, I'm Johan Raschivega and today the banner queen is in the house. This is an overdue interview that I was looking forward to have and finally is happening. I am so proud and happy and, and, and excited to have today Amy Jonquist. The Viner Queen, Amy. Welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here. This is a fabulous space you have going on. <laughs> you
0: are such an inspiration. I've been following your work for several years and seeing all the different projects and ideas, amazing things happening around the work that you do. So I felt this is something I wanted to have before for different reasons that couldn't have happened but I think everything has a reason and being here today makes a lot of more purpose to have this conversation especially because you just have a celebration of the third anniversary of Spot 22.
1: Yes, Spot 22 um, it's in East Hampton and I I share it with uh, my friend Stacy Waldman and um, she's fabulous she deals in uh, what's called vernacular photography which is basically a fancy way of saying snapshot photography um, uh, you know uh, photos that are found so you don't really know who the photographer is or uh, where they came from necessarily and there's a huge uh, world of collectors out there um, you know she she goes all she, all over the world she goes to Paris and she'll be in uh, Amsterdam soon so this is a very serious collection that she works with um, buying and selling these photos and I met her through a collage party that she was having it was ladies collage night out and I sort of wiggled my way into that scene and I started You know, she would have these boxes of photos of, you know, snapshots and and old cabinet cards, which are uh, from the 1800s. They're they're photos mounted on board, studio portraits and so on. And I just uh, became really intrigued with, first of all, just the collage aspect was a blast. And hanging out with these women and drinking wine. And we'd talk politics and, you know, just about anything under the sun we'd talk about. And it was it was like the old-fashioned sewing bee except uh, today with collage and old photos and um but anyway so i was looking at these old cabinet cards and they really spoke to me the the individual f- portraits uh, thinking about the the photo studio and the people that sat for them some some of them you know would save a lot you know save all their money just to have this portrait taken of themselves others were clearly wealthy because it 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 did cost, you know, and that was it. That was the photo, not like today where we're just snapping away at everything, anytime, anywhere. And somehow these family members just wound up in this box of photos that were basically headed for the trash bin. And now, you know, we're playing with them in this little party in East Hampton. And uh, so I started painting on them. And I just really fell in love with working with them. I felt like it was sort of a resurrection of these lost souls. Um, During these parties, uh, Stacy and I would banter about how we wish we could have a storefront, what fun it would be. Not that we really wanted a shop, necessarily. We wanted a space where we could have a window and a display room. And one day she was in East Hampton and saw this, three years ago, she saw this space available and called me and said, what do you think? And I said, let's do it, like, without hesitation. And uh, I feel really blessed that, you know, we're there and able to do it. Yeah.
0: And it's been three years of work that has shown different pieces and created a lot of different connections as well. Thinking about your work in particular is so unique, this combination of advertisement and sideshow, and colorful festive way of capturing the quickness of life make it fun thank and you. attractive and at the same time having this sometimes a little bit cynical way of criticize our society
1: thank you for that that's really um, a great observation um, yeah I I'd, do not like to create work that is negative necessarily but I do like to keep the eyes wide open and uh, so when there's a lot of negativity in the air and it's maybe has a religious base to it but it's still negative behavior I like to put the big banner up that says love thy neighbor for cripes sake you know and uh, that's cripe, C-R-I-P-E-S, C-R-I-P-E-S. Cripe's sake, <laughs> which is totally uh, meant to be what it's saying love thy neighbor and uh, think about what you're doing, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that you see that. Particularly,
0: one of the works that makes so much relevance because it's a mobile piece of art, and we're talking about particularly the Holocomus food truck that you painted masterfully and created this beautiful image of a business, but at the same time, representation of art that is everywhere.
1: Thank you, yeah. um, I uh, had already been friends with John and he's just a really good soul. And so when he uh, was talking about having this food truck and he wanted my work on it, he, well, we well, had originally done the logo design for him, and he gave me free rein on that. Pretty much, I mean, there had to be certain parameters and c- certain things he wished for, but ultimately he just said, "Go to it." And the same with the truck. Um, there's certain information that had to be conveyed, but he said, "You know, just be free with it." So I was, and I really—I mean, it was hard work. To do it, put it, hand painting all that, but. It was also really um, satisfying because, I mean, like, if you look at this, there's a lot of uh, filigree-style scroll work all over it. None of that's a repeated pattern. It looks balanced, but if you look, they're not the same on either side. There's uh, differences. And so that I could just very loosely paint, paint it, although it looks tight um, when it was finished. So that, that was satisfying to do that kind of work. And also, it's just really fun to see it go by. It's like, oh. <laughs> and, you know, I live here in Holyoke, and I love Holyoke. And I, and I also felt like it was sort of a, um, it was my little art bomb on the city. You know, I could uh, uh, just put a little smile here, you know. That's always a good thing.
0: <laughs> and then there is another truck who might be showing up soon in the city, which is the truck that the city actually has as a way to create a mobile unit for civic engagement, but also is part of what Holyoke Media, the public access channel, will be utilizing as a way to connect with community on different events and utilizing as a mobile studio as well. Mm -hmm. And that is another beautiful piece of art that, in contrast, in all aspects, the color palette and the elements included in it, so festive. Thank I, I think of it as confetti Thank celebrating
1: right on. Like the it.
0: vibrance of Holyoke.
1: Right on. And you got it again. I, I love the, I love your take on my work. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, all those colors are very intentional and, and supposed to be, you know, uh, celebrating all of Holyoke, like you said. And one main thing, the canvas that I had to work with, well, the Holyoke hummus truck was black and this truck is white so that instantly gives you a different kind of effect when you're looking at it but uh yeah um it's the secret truck no one's seen it yet (laughs) it's out there but it's not out there yet (laughs) yeah little by little
0: i know it's it's going to start popping up on different events and activities oh
1: i look forward to it i don't even have any good pictures of it because i haven't you know, actually, it was parked at one, one event, but I was too busy to, to take pictures at the, op- the opening at a show I had in Northampton, but, which was so sweet that Dennis drove it down there. And yeah, that was cool. But uh, yeah, soon. A, a good way <laughs>
0: to show both of, of the trucks that yeah. you have yeah. painted and created as, as pieces of mobile art. And I think that in itself is a really cool concept to have.
1: I think it is, too. I, I think, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, I, I don't really like it. The vinyl wraps, they're very colorful and exciting, but um, they lose a little soul, um, where hand painting certainly is more labor-intensive and uh, takes the truck off the road a little longer than a, a wrap would, uh, vinyl wrap. But uh, I think the overall outcome is just uh, like i said a little more soulful a lot more soulful <laughs> yeah
0: so right now with the third anniversary of spot 22 being the most recent achievement what's happening in your work what are the projects that you're working at what are some news going on about well, your work
1: I'm just coming off the the uh, uh, that show that was up for two months in Northampton. It was called Past Presence and uh, I took over the um, New England Visionary Artists Museum, which sounds really fancy, but it's it's and it is really cool, wonderful space. But it's located right across from the bowling alley and uh, next to the gas station. And uh, the man that runs that, Michael Tillier, is a really good soul and has helped out a lot of outsider artists, uh, folks that wouldn't normally have a space to show their work, but um, I was uh, really honored to be invited to show there, and I took over an enormous amount of space with installations and art, and um, it took a couple weeks just to set it all up, so once that was down... I'm sort of regrouping. I'm working on a couple of commissions right now, one for East Hampton uh, City Space and um, another one for Applegate, which is a company that uh, makes grass-fed beef products. As a vegetarian, it's kind of funny that I would do that, but they're one of the good guy companies, and uh, I've been working for them for years, commemorating their employees with sort of sideshow banner kind of thing, so it's, it's fun. But, yeah, so I'm just sort of getting caught up on commissions that I need to, you know, you got to make the nut. you to got to pay the rent, and I do enjoy commission work, too, so it all works out. But the next thing I'm doing is going to be in Brooklyn. I'm going with Stacy, and it's the uh, Brooklyn Antiquarian Book Fair, which um, also has ephemera and a... Um, I get in that door because of my um, work on photos, so the cabinet cards go in, and I have a book of cabinet cards that I bring as well, so.
0: You're listening, Radioplasma. And we want to listen to your feedback. Let us know your thoughts, ideas, suggestions, comments, requests, people or matters that you would like to hear about in this space. You can contact us on our website, radioplasma.com, and through our social media channels. Twitter, Radioplasma Lab, and Facebook.com slash Radioplasma. How do you see the current status with public art beginning to be a little bit more present. We just saw the project that Springfield had with all this massive and beautiful murals and little by little also seeing more of that happening here in Holyoke, uh, particularly seeing the last two at the public library. Right, right. How do you feel about that?
1: I, You know, I, to be perfectly honest, I have a love-hate relationship with um, public art in that... I mean, here I am, I'm a person that has done public art, and um, so it's sort of not fair for me to say, oh, I guess, I guess the bottom line is, if it's well curated, I love it. If it's um, sort of random whatever, then I'm not so wild about it. Because sometimes just a plain brick building is a very beautiful object unto itself and then you've painted something on the side of it which may or may not enhance what was already a beautiful object unto itself. Um, You know, I I love the um, towers that are right here on the canal that used to have wires on them, and now they're just these big, metal towers. They're, to me, they're sculptures all unto themselves. Now, there's some talk about maybe painting them and doing them up with banners and things in the future. i got to be honest, I'm not wild about that. I like the way they look unto themselves. But I really love what the project is about in that it's trying to, you know, bring more to Holyoke. So, like I said, i got a love-hate thing going on. <laughs> uh, all in all, I think Bringing visual stimulation and giving people work, because I feel like artists should get paid well for doing that kind of work, is a good thing. It's a good thing overall.
0: So it's a combination of providing work for artists to be well compensated for it, and at the same time, to make sure that the project itself has a purpose and a message to convey, not just to beautify something Mm
1: -hmm. well I don't know I I, I'm okay with just beautifying (laughs) but uh, yeah it's good again I'm back to that I I, I'm uh, I'm all about the fight but I like to do it with positivity as opposed to you know uh, shouting and screaming negative things so same with art (laughs)
0: When we talk about the sideshow as part of the concept embedded in your art, how do you get the inspiration to keep alive the sideshow concept, especially in times where the sideshow is not so much being seen around that often or that commonly as back in the day?
1: The sideshow has... A very negative connotation nowadays, as, as uh, m- many of the acts were exploitive, That people were, um, you know, that maybe mentally impaired or something were were taken out of homes where parents either didn't care or couldn't cope, and um, and brought into an unfortunate sort of uh, feudal uh, situation. But The commercial sideshows, for the most part, were very empowering for the so-called, quote, I'm making air quotes, freaks, because I think we're all freaks one way or another, in that they made a good income where they had trouble fitting into general society uh, for one reason or another. They could Mm -hmm. make a very good income, and they were the ones in charge. You walked into that tent, and you were... At their mercy as to whether or not you were going to enjoy yourself, feel uncomfortable. You know they had the control of that room, and um, some of them actually performed. You know acrobatics or you know whatever. That had a had maybe a read poetry or you know had some kind of act to go along with it. Some of them just sat in a chair and were, you know, who they were. As far as how it applies to modern day, I think, like I said, we're all freaks. And pretty much my sideshow banners—I have commemorated some actual sideshow air quotes freaks, but for the most part, I play off of pop culture, and I play off of our own, you know, uh, sideshow esque. I mean, I, one I'm thinking about doing is um, unadulterated adult. No cosmetic surgery you know uh, no dies no uh, you know and it's a, maybe the side joke would be um, they're from Vermont you know <laughs> um, uh, you know something like that might might be my next one the other one I want to do is uh, I like to do commemorative banners for uh, people that I admire like mr. Rogers or Different people in the world that I've, I just, my heart goes out to when they pass. Um, But Coco the gorilla passed uh, last Mm -hmm. year, and I think Coco should have a a banner, a commemorative banner. So that's another one in my future.
0: What would you like to see happening in the arts scene locally? Seeing sometimes the struggles from artists trying to get recognized and acknowledged being paid for their work. Overall, the whole situation with the arts as an industry.
1: Right. Um, I think any artist, musician, uh, singer, poet, uh, uh, visual artist, dancer, you name it, um, all struggle with the idea that it's very difficult to get people to think of your craft beyond uh, something that you're doing for fun. Um, and it's n- it's not necessarily fun. It's hard work. It's painstaking. It's something that you study and work very hard at to develop and grow through. So I, uh, saying all that, I want the world to start paying for the art. I mean, even the Super Bowl does not pay for the musicians that play. Why is that? The Super Bowl makes billions of dollars. Why is it? Because they can get away with it, because that is actually good exposure, and, you know, they'll take it. But so often, we folks who are just trying to pay our rent and get groceries— are asked to do things for the exposure, and I can't tell you how many times I've been asked to do that for exposure. And I'm like a photograph—too much exposure—I've <laughs> become faded into nothing. Not really, but that's a funny parable. Um, I just—I I, uh, when you ask a musician to play at your event, they should be compensated. Decently for it, like you compensate the pers the caterer or anyone else who's working at your event. They should be taken care of, and uh, that I would like to see more consciousness of that sort. Not just in Holyoke, but you know, at large. Uh, in Holyoke, I'm really excited about Holyoke. I mean, there's been some really wonderful, amazing art events here that were sort of underground that started here on Race Street through. 80 Race Street, which is uh, Paper, Paper City um, Studios, back in the day had these events that Bruce and Nancy allowed artists to come in and take over rooms in this building that had not been developed yet. And uh, they transformed with fabulous installations. I was really excited to be part of that. And it brought a lot of energy into this area. Before Gateway City or any of these other fabulous places came, there was this underground embryonic artist movement that was really amazing. And so, out of that, you know, like the um, Parsons Project Space was also involved with that at the time. It projected movies on the side of the building, and they were making um, pizza out on the street with the, uh, they built a brick oven on the sidewalk. And it was just like, the, and it was just a big happening that. You know, it grew from that is, is why we have, not why, but started, you know, as the embryo. And then across the street, David Sherr's place. Uh, he's sort of the grandfather of bringing the arts into the city, where he had a lot of studio space going on and had interesting parties and stuff there, based, you know, around art exhibits. And so I'm seeing it grow and grow and develop into a, a much broader accessible to a greater public. Uh, Gateway City Arts is certainly bringing in a huge amount of crowds. Now we've got Pulp, the fabulous little gallery right up the street, which is where Bruce and Nancy used to have their operation out of, but now it's Pulp, and we love Pulp. Pulp is the coolest spot. Go to Pulp. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, I think um, around the corner, Joseph
0: Joseph Krasinski.
1: Yes, he's fabulous. He's doing wonderful things. He developed that whole. Um, he altered the uh, underside of the bridge going into mm-hmm. the apartments. Uh, back, what is that street? That's um,
0: uh, Mosher Street. Mosher, mm-hmm. thank yeah, you. Yeah, the the installation arrivals.
1: Yes, yes, and and that's a really beautiful installation. Um, so there's some public art I could get behind and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I I feel like Holyoke's still got the grit and the guts that sometimes things get just a little too frou-frou and slicked up and uh, um, we still have that sort of rock and roll soul going on here.
0: (laughs) What will be your message for new emerging artists, for youth interested in taking on the art scene and develop their skills on this?
1: Uh, I have never approached, except when I'm doing a commission, but that's that's a different thing. I've never approached art thinking I'm going to be a big success. That's not the reason I'm making art. I, I don't think that should, you know, maybe someone else thinks that way. It's just <laughs> my way of thinking. I just say do what you love and follow that, you know, as, long as you're not hurting anybody follow that uh, uh, that love that interest and then work on it past the point where you're where it's just fun keep working on it keep going with it keep moving through it keep experimenting you know you can look at other people's art and even imitate it but then you got to find your own voice it's really important to find your own voice
0: How can people get to know more about your work and contact you, visit your future work coming up?
1: I have a a website, like everybody has a website, it's uh, www.bannerqueen.com and I'm on Instagram as Banner Queen and I'm on Facebook as Banner (laughs) Queen. and uh i do have my studio at um spot 22 in east hampton that i share with stacy and uh, that's at 22 cottage street but it's by chance or by appointment so you can contact me through my website or because it's it's actually uh, we love having our windows in our display area but we really work in there we're working all the time when we're there and we also go to shows and whatnot so we're not there too so we just can't have regular hours um but it works well for us that way it's just a sort of meeting space and showroom and yeah so if you're if you're interested give me a call come on by
0: amy thank you so much for this beautiful conversation for your work for putting that color and that feeling of celebration in your art I think is something that is immediately one of the first things that catches the eye and the emotions of whoever is appreciating your art.
1: Thank you so much for getting that. That totally, I, I, I am deeply appreciative. This has been fun.
0: This is our conversation with Amy Jonquez, the Banner Queen here on Radio Plasma and You can check her work on her website, and also all this information is available in the posting of this episode on our website as well, radioplasma.com. With this, we conclude our session today. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. (laughs) And this session of Radioplasma has been recorded in our New England Media Lab studio inside Gateway City Arts in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.